everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. And now we're talking, Darian. Hello and welcome. Today is August 24th, and today we have Janice Marzano, the current program director at The Depot, and on the eve of her retirement after decades of service in this town. Um, I am really excited to have her here and uh, have her talking to us in her very straightforward, no-nonsense way about kids and what she's seeing. And, you know, as a parent of a rising teenager and with a few more behind him, um, I really look forward to talking to her. Oh, my Lord, Taylor, yes. In this day of political correctness, I mean, God love it, but God kill me. Um, Janet is just, she calls it like she sees it. She's a lost generation at this point in time. Um, True. She just, she's a woman of traditional values. Uh, she's no skin in the game. She talks to us about our kids and what, you know, what stresses them out, what they're working on, what the problems they're having. So it, it, she's refreshing to talk to. Um, let's talk me some Janice. Let's go. Janice, what's up, girl? What's up? Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Oh, it's our pleasure. Truly ours. Yeah. Thank well, you so thank much you. for being here. Thank you. And there's so much to talk to you about, but before we get started, let's talk about your background in town and all the things you've done for our kids over the span of how many years now? Like, oh my gosh. Uh, I'd say a good 35. Mm. That's awesome. A good 35. I know you've been a lunch lady. Oh, even though I'm only 40. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> You started working when you were 10, right? Yeah, I started out as a lunch lady, if you could believe that. Wow. I was a lunch lady on one side of the tracks for, I believe it was like 14 years, and then I came to the other side of the tracks where they opened up homes with the principal. So it was Tokenique first, right? It was Tokenique first and then homes, and I knew families. I knew every kid in that school. That's Did you ever see schools. the lunch lady skit on Saturday Night Live? Oh, all the time. I mean, hysterical, right? <laughs> do you know? Do you remember um, the Elvis Elvis Duran show? No. You're yeah. dating your, now. You're dating no, yourself. No, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> Elvis Duran um, had the show, and they used to make fun of the lunch lady, <laughs> and it was 100.1. A lot of people heard of Elvis Duran, and they would go from town to town. So, make long story short. We heard, I was listening to them, and they were making fun of lunch ladies. And I was getting angry, you know, and I'm like, you know, we get such a bad rap. I don't wear a hairnet. And so um, they were at Sugar Bowl. Oh. His name was Greg something, right? They were at Sugar Bowl. I turned the soup off. I told the principal, I said, I'll be back in an hour. He's like, you can't go. I don't watch me. We went to the Sugar Bowl. I, I still have the picture, the autograph that they gave me. And they started calling me Janice the Lunch Lady because I made a big stink at the Sugar Bowl. And so then the next day, they called me up. And I, I talked on the show about lunch ladies. And for, oh, my, oh my gosh, about a week, they call every day. Well, I don't know. Let's ask Janice the lunch lady. Oh, my it was God. Everybody in it. town knew. It was hysterical. The lunch, lunch ladies know things. You're I mean, famous. you guys are inside scoop. It was totally. so funny. Nobody knows our kids better than lunch ladies, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, they, they'll come through the line tell you anything. Wait, I'm sure. wait, and last question. I mean, we'll move on. So sorry, but can you make a good sloppy joe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. I, oh, yeah. Okay, right? I mean, that's we synonymous get, with lunch lady, yeah, right? Yeah, you get government food. We used to get sleeves of um, government turkey. Ah. And, you're, you know, you're supposed to slice it. Well, the kids couldn't cut it. So I started cutting it in squares, the tokenique. And I can tell you the name of the kid that named it. His name was Robbie Kuntzis. <laughs> and he had everybody in the whole school call it kibbles and bits. <laughs> Great. That's great. Mm -mm. The moms loved that. <laughs> oh, they did. 
<laughs> okay, so lunch lady for a year, for 15 years. At least. Okay. And then... And then what happened was um, my kids are getting older. And during the time I was a lunch lady, I was approached by the Youth Commission to run a program because their town camp goes up to kids going into sixth grade. So they wanted something for older kids. So I'm like, I needed the money, been divorced, I'll do it. So it was a pro- it was a program, not a camp, a program for kids going into seventh, eighth, and ninth through the Youth Commission. And I totally ran it. Um, we started out with just my car and seven kids. Oh, um, that's cool. And we went all over the place. Um, no bus, no nothing. We, you know, we're at the beach. The depot actually had just opened at the time, and Alicia Sillers was the first executive director there. So my boss at the Youth Commission said to me, why don't you ask Alicia if you can use the depot as your home base? And she said, absolutely, here's a key. Hmm. And it was terrific. I continued to do that camp for 30 years. Oh, my gosh. 30 summers. The camp still goes on right now. Yes. 30 summers of kids going into 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. And after you do kids, you know, that age kids, middle school kids, there's nothing you don't know. (laughs) There's, There's nothing sacred in your life or their life. Funny. We I, were natural fit then for the depot, right? Because you guys catered to... Alicia and I kind of switched. She was at the depot. And then when the woman that was in charge of the youth commission moved on, Alicia took her job. And they went through a few, they went through a few um, executive directors before they hired a guy named Ben. And when Ben was there, the moms all decided, oh, we want to bring the we want to bring the middle school into there. So because I've also worked at, I still work for Tops. Every Tops event, I'm there for 32 years. Translate Tops yes. for us. Teen. Teen Options, the Youth Commission runs it. Those are the dances that you see at Town Hall okay. for the middle school kids when they go bowling, when, you know, the Henley Fair, the Tokenique Fair. Okay. And you, did, right. you, you, you and did you start Tops? or is No, this part? no. It, okay. it was started long before me. Okay. But it's part of the youth commission and, right. and you took over. So when I, no, I, I don't run it. I just work for it. Like okay. I'm one of the chaperones. Okay. I, and Alicia runs it now. Sandy ran it before. I just chaperone. <laughs> and once you do that and between that and the program, there, there's nothing, there's nothing you don't know about kids. There, you know, everything you've heard, everything you've seen, everything. So when the moms decided they wanted to bring middle school kids into the depot, they came to me and asked me, would I go help out at the depot and being a lunch lady? Sure. You get out of work at two 30. I went, the guy that was running, its name is Ben. He was amazing. He was wonderful. He was a kid himself. All of the kids related to him. I mean, he'd even go outside and have a cigarette with them. Like how he was ben? their pal. He was twenty nine. Okay. He was their buddy. They they worshipped the ground that he walked on. Well, I had been there maybe six seven months. When was this? What year? Two thousand. Two thousand. Okay. I had been there maybe six or seven months, still being the manager, you know, the, of the kitchen, the cook, and everything. And a woman named Joyce Hammernick came in and to the kitchen and said to me, Ben died last night. Oh, God. And I'm like, what? So to make the long story short, without even going into everything, 
I ended up being the interim director. I did not want the job because I had, you know, a pension. I had benefits, blah, blah, blah. So go a year ahead. I was interim director, and Bob Harrell had a lot to do with it. He was the first selectman at Mm -hmm. the time. He used to call me the Pied Piper. (laughs) And he was hell-bent on me taking this job. And I ended up, I ended up taking the job. It was these kids, the kids that inhabited the place. You know, there was this only one program, the Student Governing Board. That was it. But the kids that inhabited that place that, like, owned the building and lived there, this is one of the first people that they knew that had died. Bob Harrell and Alicia got us a bus, and we took 36 kids to Ben's Wake. Good. Not knowing it was an open casket. Oh. And they had all written Ben's mom notes and stuff. And when we were coming back on the bus and the kids were throwing up and crying. I mean, some big bad boys, you know. It was like, I'm not leaving these kids. Yeah. I'm not leaving these kids. So sad. Never. You know, and right now, one of those kids, she is the manager of Nero. Oh, no, the coffee shop. Yeah. They're, they're all, all these kids are in town. They've, they've all done well. You know, a lot of parents would say like, Janice, what were you doing taking these kids to go see? You know, that would probably be oh, the, the new age. Did. The sure. school did. Okay, but for where I grew up and how my dad did, you know, this is life. The adult situation, you know, kids, life happens and you need to face some adult situations. Like, you know, it's, it's unpleasant. Something, life is unpleasant sometimes. They had to go. Yeah. They had to have closure and they had to go. When the bus came back, one of the kids on the bus, his name was Jesse. It was his 16th birthday. His mom had planned a big party for him. He wanted to go. We came back. She had a big cake in the back of the depot. She was an angel. Big cake. Um, the kids all had cake. They were okay. It, it was like closure. And then they made, like I said, they continued to make stuff and hang it all over the depot. We'll never, we love you, Ben. There's still stuff hanging up there. We love you. We'll never forget you. Um, the saddest thing about that is that kid Jesse, down the road, you know, he graduated. Um, he's he's dead now. He was in a motorcycle. Somebody hit him oh my gosh. On, on his motorcycle and he's gone. <laughs> so we still have Jesse there too. I but the kids, they, they walked away from that, even though it was unpleasant. They said that it gave them good closure. Oh, yeah. So we could go talk to, uh, what's her name, Cafe Nero? Emily. So we could go uh, talk to Emily. You we, go talk to Emily. And ask her about that experience. She is the manager of Nero. Wow. That's I really so like cool. So like So back up. So the depot, a lot of people don't even know what that is. So yeah. And one, two sentences. What is the depot? The depot started out um, as a place, a teen center that the student governing board ran for latchkey kids. Okay. And they would raise money to keep the depot going. They'd have events there. Um, they'd hang after school, the high school kids. They had a blast. That's when Alicia was there. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And um, But you had been working with youth. You had been with Youth Commission. You had been with middle schoolers. And right. now they brought you on to work with more middle schoolers, but it was a high school focused program no right okay yeah the depot was high school okay and I wasn't used to working with high schoolers I was used to working with middle schoolers so it was you know kids helped me though and that's when you expanded to middle school was when you came no we didn't expand to middle school for a couple of years after that okay at this point what ages were your kids 
mine. Yeah. Like had they got, had you experienced having a high school yourself yet? Your yes, ki- ma'am. Your kids were in high, gone through high school. Yes. Talk oh. about your boys. My boys. Um, what do you want to know? I have two sons. I have Joe. Joe is the baseball. He is the freshman baseball coach at the high school. And he's also the sports director at the YMCA. Mm-hmm. I love Joe. I love my Joe kids. too. I love Joe he's too. A good guy he's, gotta... <laughs> he's a really good guy. And then I have Matthew who um, is also married and he has three little girls and he is a police officer in the, um, in New Canaan. Joe, you know, did the college thing. Joe was college all the way and Matthew did the Marines. Wow. God bless cool. So I love that you have a son mom. that served. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, hearing that your, your son's a Marine, like I know you're a super proud very well, my father, mom, my right? father was in the Navy. Okay. No, my father was in the Navy. My brother was in the Navy. Okay. My brother was overseas, but he was in a submarine during Vietnam. He wasn't, you know, off the off the ship, but he was over there. Wow. And so you've been pretty active with supporting veterans and involved with the VFW, been, right? I have been. I was actually, um, I joined the VFW in Darien. And stayed with it for many years. I ended up being president. And then I went into like the state. Because the more that you can do to help veterans and do programs to promote veterans, the more respect. I was the one, I used to go around to all of the uh, middle school, all of the elementary schools. Actually at Oxridge, we used to do a flag day ceremony there. Happy birthday to the flag for the kids. And I'd bring the VFW guys. Oh, that's cool. Until a couple of moms decided that this wasn't too good because the guys were carrying weapons. They weren't loaded. But when you do a drill, that that's their uniform. They bring weapons. So, sure. you know, they were they were doing like, you know, exercises uh, and yeah. spinning them and showing the kids. Like Jamie Stevenson twirling the uh, yeah. rifle. Uh, but now we're, we're sheltering our kids from even seeing weapons now. Exactly. Got it. Got exactly. It. So <laughs> that knocked that out. You know, that, that, oh that, that shot that, oh my but I would go in, um, my thing that I did is I went into all the, uh, elementary schools, especially when I was doing Cub Scouts and would teach them, uh, when the American flag goes by, what do you do? Oh, you render a heart salute. Heart. Yep. Um, just everything, how to fold the flag, what the, uh, pledge of allegiance meant going every single sentence and schools loved it. Course. Nobody had a problem with me doing that. So that was my big thing I did years ago, too. But it. it's respect. It all goes down to respect. And I love how you've brought respect for the police into the work you've done with the depot. I mean, <gasps> is it you that really brought that to the depot? Yes. yes. Thank you. There was um, something going around on the internet from the, OP, from the Office of Policy and Management about a program where they're offering quite a bit of money if you could come up with a program to do with the police in your uh, in your in your town, and I went after this one cop, Court. His name is Court Isaac. Give him credit, and talked to him. And that that officer, he wrote the grant. It took him weeks to do it. It's a lot of work, and we got it. We got ten thousand dollars for ten thousand dollars a year for three years. And we developed a program, Cops and Kids Adventures, Ooh. where we still have it. I, even when I retire, I'm still running the program. It was just written up a couple weeks ago, right? Yes. And, yeah. Yes. And what, what they do is the cops come in regular clothes. They're just regular people. 
They bring their kids if they're under 10, and we sign up about 25, 30 kids. And our first trip that we're going on this year is to Empower. It's a, a it's building, team building. Okay. And we've done this, we're in our 10th year now. Congratulations. And it, it shows the cops, all of these kids are not rich, spoiled Darianne kids. <laughs> well, that, you know... It's the truth. Well, it takes off the label on both it sides for the, the kids and for the cops. Sides. And it also shows the kids that the cops are their people. Yeah. You know, don't listen to your parents when you say this idiot pulled me over. It makes no, you know, seriously. So they really do bond. And then at the end, we have the big green pizza truck come and all the parents come and they bring their grandmothers and grandfathers and they sit around and they meet all the cops and they see these cops as normal people and the kids are taught our job is to make everybody keep everybody safe so if somebody goes through a red light that's our job to stop them we're not busting their chops we need to stop them. So I think this is one of the most successful programs that we have ever done with the police department. The police department, we work very closely with the police department, especially the police association. Mm. The police association sponsors SAD, our program Students Against Destructive Decisions. Mm-hmm. The police association also donates 2,000 flags for each parade. And all the kids from the depot get a big bag of American flags. And one starts at one end, you know, one bunch starts at the middle, one starts at the end, one starts at the other end. And they make sure that everybody along the parade route on Memorial Day has a flag. I love that. And when they hand the flag, they say, the people say, oh, thank you, thank you. This is the depot. And the kids say, no. This is these flags were donated by the Darien Police Association. I got one of those flags this year, and they had they had the police flags too. The yes, new, yeah, yes, yep. they did. Yep. I asked who, and they 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 told us who, who handed yeah. them out. I love that. I, I I'm sad at the loss of our, our flag pride. You know, we're replacing our like we're coming with all these new flags these days, and it's just at a loss of we have an awesome flag that represents freedom and voice for everyone. And, and it's just sad to me that it's... But that's all part of respect. I mean, if you go back, those soldiers, World War II, those kids were 17. Look at the guys. So many of my friends were in Vietnam. You know, they fought for that flag. Maybe they weren't, you know, they fought for the flag. They fought for what their country told them was right. And what was to do? You're helping these people in Vietnam. You're helping them get their freedom, mm-hmm. you know. And then they came back. They were treated terribly. They were treated terribly. They're, they're still affected. I feel like by the police it. are facing today. Yes, they are. The military facing. Yes, them. they are. This is good stuff here. But I also want to ask some some of your other programs, the depot. I mean, I know you've over your time there, you started tons of them. So we've got the um, wait the few we named. You've got your. When I first started the depot, there was only one program, the Student Governing Board. And you've created a ton of programs since then. So this one with the police, police and... Cops and Kids Adventures. Cops and Kids Adventures, that was one of... And that's only for middle school kids. Okay. Which I was going to say was a three-year grant, but is it still going? Is that... Yes, we had it for three years, and it was so successful that we went to the town, and the town gave the police department $10,000 in their budget each year to keep the program going. That's awesome. And the police association adds more money to it. I love it. Very cool. 
Just like our cops and coffee for adults. Our kids need it too. Yeah, like they it. do. So name some of the other programs you've been working on, or that you did work on. Um, when I first got there, there was just a student governing board. The next program that we started, and it wasn't just it wasn't just me. The kids had, you know, ideas. So court, the same cop, you know, that's been helping. Court and I went to the school. They had had um, a group of SAD, Students Against Destructive Decisions. Right, you mentioned this, okay. Yes, and they had had that group, but it turned into a paper group. There just wasn't anybody doing it. So we went to the principal, we went to everybody, and we got permission to take the program. They gave us the information, we registered, you know, got the charter, and we took over the program. And so that's one program, Students Against Destructive Decisions. That's for high school kids. And then we all that so we also started. But wait, what what is that? It's a national organization. Okay, they come up with events that you you can do in school. Each month is something different. February is eating disorders, so they'll spread all over the school. And then whoever kids homeschooled in private school because we have all those kids too. Everything about how destructive eating disorders can be. And to share it. So education programs. Education okay. programs. You know, you, if you have an eating disorder, it's okay. You talk to somebody. During that and month, we is- also have somebody from Silver Hill come. A doctor will come and speak on it. And we do one for the kids, one for the parents. And so it's kids that are educating other kids? Yes. Okay, so you're training the kids and then they're pushing yes. it out into the schools. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's great. So there's eating disorders. There's um, texting they make mirrors out of aluminum foil and put them around the high school. And it's like, you are beautiful. You are loved. You know, you're special. Anything for self-esteem. Um, please don't wear the mask. You know about about the masks. Where kids wear masks. No. Don't get me started on the masks. <laughs> <laughs> so many kids wear masks. They hide their anxiety. They're ashamed of it. They won't tell their parents. You're saying literally or metaphorically? Metaphorically. Okay. So we're teaching them for years to remove the mask. It's okay not to be okay. Oh my gosh. Fast forward to COVID-19. We just had a a therapist in Amanda Craig last week talk about how how kids, they're liking the mask. Some of them are like some. I don't want to. Because they can hide. Because some kids are hiding behind it. Right. So you've done all this work to have kids come out and be proud of themselves. The masks aren't good. (sighs) They're not good. Yeah. Well, is, so we touch on suicide. We touch on anything that's destructive. We well, can get into all yeah. these programs you've started, but this kind of gets to the crux of what I want to talk to you about, which is like with all this experience, with that many years of working with our young people, like what are you seeing on the eve of your retirement? What are you seeing in our kids today? What bothers you? The stress that they're under. It's if you go to Darien High School, and you go to the guidance office, and you look in the halls. All you see is banners of all the different colleges. There are a lot of kids that can't afford to go to college, that don't go to college, that choose to work instead. That is very, um, that bothers the kids. I've heard this for years. You know, we go up there, we see all the banners. There's things, you know, it goes with this town. We're not the only town. But there's kids, This and this is the God's honest truth, especially at the end of the year. You know, the kids will go down an aisle and see a parent. They run. 
they run because that parent's going to say to them, oh, and where are you going? And it's always a parent whose kids got into Brown or, you know, some big college. And the kid maybe not has been deferred or hasn't got in yet. But that's a really bad, popular thing that goes on in this town. That's the kind of stuff that you just wish you could get the parents to stop doing. You know, especially the high school kids. The kids, and this is the truth, and I'll probably get a lot of slack for this, but the kids don't judge other kids. It's the parents. Hmm. Not all parents, but the parents that do judge the kids, they know who they are. Like, well, what do you think of that one? You don't say that to the kids. This is how you're teaching them. You're, you're teaching them, well, what do you think of that one? Then the kid's supposed to say, the kid feels he has to say something bad about it. And this is what I hear. You can't make it up. This is what I mean, kid, kids are telling you. Sorry. For Given, years. If that's true, though, that the parents are the ones doing it, like, I'm impressed that the kids are not doing it, right? Because they tend to mimic parents. So you're the not saying That's great. don't judge other kids. Good. It's taught. If somebody's gay or somebody dresses differently, you don't need to judge them. They're allowed to be themselves. That's why all these soldiers fought. You know, these men and women fought Absolutely. in the war for your freedom. So express you, yourself. You see our kids showing each other respect and Absolutely. Kindness. Absolutely. Especially at the depot, especially at camp. Good. When I did camp, I absolutely see the kids not judging other kids. I'd love to hear this, Janice. This is so nice. This is true. What about like um, the, the universal language of children wanting to fit in and belong and not be different? You know, how does that dictate their well, behavior? Well, that's hard, especially in a town like Darien. That's hard. Either, you know what I used to tell my kids? Okay, I got divorced. My kids grew up in Allen O'Neill. You know, no, we're not going to have a pool. You're never going to have a pool. You want to have a pool? You're going to have to grow up and get a job and go buy one yourself. The same with a car. Both of my kids worked through, and with a single mom, they worked through high school. Joe has the first dime he ever made when he was 10 years old. He had a paper route. I'm telling you, he had a paper route. Nobody else had a paper route. Joe had a paper route, 10 years old. But they did. They saved their money. They worked. They did sports. They went to school. And they bought their own cars. But did, did, they, did they fit in, quote unquote, as kids? Or looking back, how do they feel about that? They were taught, you know, you, you be yourself. You don't need to fit in with, you know, cool. Could you be friends with everybody? But don't ever feel bad if you don't fit into a group. Mm -hmm. there, there, we don't, you just, there is, there, there is no language there, you know? So why are kids more, you said they're more stressed now. Like, what is it? Is it the time? It's the pressure. It's the, it's pr the pressure for the homework to do the sports, um, their clubs for the resumes, but is it any more so pressure than much like pre there's so much more pressure than years ago so much more pressure interesting so and i've seen it i've been around long enough you've seen 30 years of these trends yes so yeah what advice do you have for parents right now there could be a few things i think i think if you listen to your kids i know that you hear your kids but if you sit down and really listen Kids love, especially high school, they want somebody to listen to them without contradicting what they say 
or leading the discussion. You know, just listen. You know, everybody knows that has an older kid. You know, you'll ask your kid, and the kid will answer a question, and then you ask that one question too many, boom, they shut off. You know, just listen. And I really believe in what the community fund came up with with the family dinners. That's true. The kids that sit and have family dinners, that that really, the kids that usually don't get in trouble are the kids that have family dinners. You said that to us before. Like you yes. said that the, one of the best ways to raise a kid is is having regular family dinners. Mom, dad, or what parent, or whatever. Whatever. Whatever parent is, parent with the children. How, like, Three, four, five days a week, seven days a week? As ever many as you can. Sometimes you can't help it. You're driving your kid around sports and you say, here, shove this in your mouth, you know. You can't help that. Yeah. But as many nights as you can, you keep your family close because your kids are less apt. They're going to feel guilty about disappointing you. They don't want it. The, the thing that kids don't want to do is to disappoint you. This is what you hear from kids when they come to you? This is what I see. Like the best thing I can't, the best thing you can say to a kid is, I'm not mad at you because it's true. When the kids, kids do something wrong, I'm not mad at you. I still love you, but I'm disappointed in your judgment. I'm disappointed in what you chose to do. But that doesn't always resonate with every kid though. There are some kids that see that they're like, eh, you know, I'm still going to go out and party and do the same thing, right? There's not many that it doesn't resonate with. Hmm. There's not. Talk to me about, you know, technology, cell phones, social media. That's what's ruining the kids. It's ruining our world. Give us some advice on that. Like, how do we navigate that? You can't. It's gone. We have no control. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> you ha- what control do you have? You're going to take the phone away from the kid? Right. No. Right. Um, and the punishments, you know, you can, you can punish your kid, but then what are the consequences? You know, if they do something wrong, you've already punished them. You know, if you take away their phone, what are they going to do? They've got to call you before. I mean, we used to have dimes and nickels on us, you know, to call the house. Well, you said something brilliant earlier before we got on air about punishment and consequences, right? Like you can punish a child for doing something, but the consequences are just there. And I think that's the, the even scarier part. Like it's one thing to lose your phone for a week, but it's something else to know that you know, what you just sent is now in the digital stratosphere forever. You can't make up the consequences. You can punish kids, you know, how whatever you're in your room for the night, you're this, but you can't make up the consequences of what's going to happen from those punishments. Yeah, that's heavy. Or from what they did. Right. They've already done it. And nine times out of 10, they know that they've done wrong. And the majority of them are sorry. But the punishments aren't, I, now, years ago, yes, the punishments would stop you. Yeah, I don't want to get a beating. I don't want the spoon. I don't want this. But now, there are no consequences. Kids are not, the majority of kids are not held accountable. Oh, so you're talking about like imposed consequences, not right. natural ones. Both. No, I'm talking about So you think both. parents today are not imposing enough consequences? I don't think so. Not from what I've seen. No. What evidence do you have of that? I have a lot of evidence. Um, Thinking of examples. Use safe rides. You want to use safe rides for an example? Do you remember what safe rides is? No. Oh, safe rides. Safe rides. Yeah, I do remember safe rides. It's a program um, 
that's been run for years and years in Darien. Uh, kids sign up for safe rides. All right. It used to be a model program. I mean, they would pick up, everybody thinks they drive drunk kids. They don't. Say your kids are in ninth grade and you've gone to New York for the night, but you have a sitter home that doesn't have a car. The kids will call safe rides for a safe ride. And it's high school kids that um, volunteer and safe rides will send a car to get the kid and bring them home. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 but too, and if you're at a party and you've drinking too much, whatever, they'll pick you up and they'll make sure you get home safely. It doesn't it, also provide a safe situation. Like if you go to a place and you're like, yeah, I got in over my head, you can call yes. safe rides, right? Yes. Okay. They'll come pick you up and they'll take your home. Okay. Not everybody, it, you know, um, it's a good program. It's controversial, but it's a good program and it helps. It, it, it really does help. So you'll have kids sign up. We don't even have safe rides anymore since COVID. Uh, this is an example of where it went as, as you know, the years progress on with the technology and everything else. Um, kids will tell their moms, okay, I'm on safe rides till two o'clock and then go out and party and call safe rides, the officer on duty and say, sorry, but I can't make it tonight. Oh man. And the parents think they're on safe rides. Mm. And then I would sit there with the book and look at the list. Mm -hmm. Hi, this is Janice. Your son hasn't showed up for Safe Rides yet. Is he okay? Uh, Oh, no, he's at Safe Rides. Uh, No, I'm here. Well, I feel like you also have a lot of experience with seeing um, punishment and consequences in that the depot, when you were there with the depot, uh, the depot was a community service option for many kids who had gotten in trouble here. Yes. I'm uh, As of right now, still, I'm the Youth Service Bureau director for the town of Darien. Okay. So, so what, what is that? state-sponsored thing, right? Yes. Yes. The state, yes. That, that's part of the state. So say a kid has a party, and five kids came over, and somebody called. So that kid... You know, if they had liquor in the house, beer in the house, whatever, they're going to get in trouble. So they're given, usually, they're given community service hours. So they would come to the depot and do community service hours. Some kids get in more trouble, and they're referred by a lawyer or by the court. A great, and we also, not only that, we have tons and tons of confirmation Um, kids that need community service hours. Mm. And we have tons of kids that live in Darien from St. Luke's and other schools. Now, I think think St. Luke's has to do 80 hours of community service. So the kids come to the depot. That's great. So it's not just, you know, troubled kids. But in that thing, the Darien Police Department, um, James Palmieri, actually, who used to be the SRO, the kid's absolutely adored him. Taylor translate SRO? Yes. Service resource officer. Okay. The student resource officer. Yeah. So he was in the The school. The policeman at the high school. Right. But he wasn't (laughs) there to get anybody in trouble. He wasn't there. You know, the SROs are not there for that reason. They're there as a resource officer for the kids to talk to and to get to know the kids. So James started the juvenile review board in Darianne, whereby there are, um, I'm one of the people that sits on it, 
and um, Alicia from the Youth Commission sits on it, and then a couple of cops and um, an admin, admin from the high school and middle school. Okay. And instead of sending, when these kids get arrested now, when they get in trouble, they're allowed to, to choose if James, if the cops let them, they're allowed to choose between going to court or going through the juvenile review board. Yep. And they, then they've got no court record. So they, they present themselves with a parent or two parents to the juvenile review board and the juvenile review board looks at, you know, their statements and everything about them, talks to them, and then decides what to do with them. Mm. Yep. And it's amazing. It's kept so many kids out of court. And so many kids have truly benefited from it. How long have you served on it? Uh, as long as it's been there, three years. That's awesome. Well, I love to, and one of your, I feel like I'd say uh, one of Janice's motto is there are no bad kids. There are no bad kids. I don't know personally any bad kids. And you There's, know hundreds and thousands of kids. Yeah, they just make bad decisions, but they're not bad, <laughs> and they're allowed to. And you can make a bad decision, and you can make a mistake, and you can make it two or three times, but you're eventually going to learn. That's awesome. How many kids still reach out to you even though they've moved on, graduated? Like from that are married or from Yeah, I mean, just school? adults A now. lot. Yeah, I bet. A lot, really, yeah. That's I cool. love it when the college kids graduate and they come and show me, you know, their diploma and stuff. Yeah. One kid, um, he graduated cooking school. Well, he, he went, yeah, so cool. he went to Johnson, Wales. He graduated cooking school. He came and he gave me his white coat. Uh, that that oh. hits home with you because I know you're a chef. I know you're no a little. No kibbles and bits. <laughs> he gave me his white coat, not because I was a lunch lady, but because of everything that he got out of this. His name is Chris, and he just got engaged, I saw on Facebook. Um, we called him Krusty. <laughs> I, I could say his name is Chris Rust. And he just <laughs> yeah. got engaged to a wonderful girl named Dana. And he did. He came, he came and he gave me his white jacket. I love this. That's yeah. so sweet. Um, another kid. I'm not patting myself on the shoulder, but this is. these are such meaningful things. Um, another kid went to um, China and actually thought of thought of the depot and brought me back something to hang. Oh, that's so neat. From China. Neat. I'm sad you're not going to be there anymore. Like, I am too. What's next for you? You know, I don't know. I'm 68 years old. And with, you know, with we did a strategic plan, like I said, at the depot. And there's a lot of changes. And I think with that, it's, it's, it's time for me to, to just move on. I've got four and a half grandchildren. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. So there's half. another one coming. So I've got four and a half grandchildren. And I do. I put in like 15 hours a day. Yikes. And it's, you know, there's changes. And I'm kind of like an old dinosaur. You know, when we do Google Maps and Google this and Google that, the kids have to show me and do it for me. I still can't get Google. Uh, you should be giving parenting classes. So I think classes it's time, I think yeah. You should be doing. It's a good it's a good time for me now with all of the changes to to retire and move on. And what you're just from retiring from the depot or I'm retiring or the from the depot. No, I'm gonna stay with the youth commission. Stay with the youth commission, okay. will you stay with the juvenile board? You work I don't know. We I have to talk to James about that. Okay. I'm gonna stay with Tops. I figured, you know, I'll do that a couple more years till I can't walk. Fun. Because <laughs> I enjoy it. And I enjoy seeing being with all those kids. 
And I'm going to continue for this year the Cops and Kids Adventures program. Nice. Thank you. We're going to do that. That's awesome. Well, thank you. I'm on the world opening up. Yeah. Uh, it's such a pleasure talking to you. I feel like you you give us some great advice for how to. You have the experience. I mean, you're, it, it's it's lovely to take someone who's been doing the work for thirty years, raised their own kids, but also seen the kids from an unbiased viewpoint, and just kind of give us some some guidance. And you know, kids yeah. are great. They really are. You're a gem in this community. You're Thank a you. Wealth of knowledge. We're so grateful to have you on the show, and you know, in our in our lives as our friend, and hopefully continued you know guidance provider i'm everybody's friend i know well what we're going to do too is you know as our kids start to hit middle school here in high school i will have your number on speed dial jan i think we should we should go back to that model where she runs a camp out of her car and there's seven of them like i got four you got three perfect that went from started out with seven kids and ended up with 40 and i think that's what alicia's got now 40 that's great yeah thank you so much for being with us you're welcome it was my pleasure yeah we hope to talk to you again soon Thank you.